Venus exchange. This is Laura talking right now. <laughs> um, we have a guest on today, so we'll get into lots of juicy different topics. Um, she's an herbalist, a writer. Um, she's going to talk a little bit about full spectrum wellness, um, just bringing a little bit of everything um, to the table. And so we're going to go around and introduce ourselves just to remind everybody who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Nova, uh, fit me naturally. Temple in aura. Nova in your aura. Hello. <laughs> Welcome Hello. back. Hey everyone, I'm Alicia Christine. And yeah, that's it. Just a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, it's Leslie at Good Girl Les. Greetings, Tasia here. And Jasmine, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. All right. Um, my name is Jasmine Burnett. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I am so happy to be here and um, just so happy to see all of these spaces that folks are creating to have important conversations with women in Cleveland that's so important so thank you um, so yeah so as Laura said I'm an herbalist I am a writer I do believe in full spectrum wellness and we can get into that definitely from a pleasure-centered perspective. Mm -hmm. Just because I think that pleasure, as I shared with you, it just, people interact with it as if it's something that's always physical. Mm -hmm. And when you think about pleasure as something that's visceral, it's spiritual, it's cellular. It's not connected to anything that's outside of you. It's all with what's inside, mm -hmm. you know. You get your information from inside. So, yeah, so I really use that to inform all the work that I do. Um, but what pays my bills <laughs> um, is um, my coaching, which I also love a lot. So the coaching that I do really works with social justice leaders mm -hmm. who are doing the range of work in this world to make sure people have abortion access, make sure people have, you know, equitable access to the cannabis industry, you know, ensuring that you have access to the full range of decisions around your life, your body, your family, and your reproduction. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk more about whatever it is that you want to know. I have some, a lot to share. Yeah. Okay, cool. We want to go ahead and start with the icebreaker. Okay. Get up in your business. Okay. Right. Yeah. How many questions? Just one? Uh, let's well, do that's three. One. Let's three. Let's three. break them up throughout the show. Are you okay? Let's break them down. Okay. We'll take question breaks. Yeah, let's do oh. question breaks. So we'll question. start with one. This one is, what's your proudest accomplishment? Let's see. Mm, my proudest accomplishment. Oh my goodness, my proudest accomplishment is all of the ways I've come back to myself when I've been lost. Mm. That is like that. <laughs> the truth. Um, it's so easy to get lost. Mm -hmm. um, the world can take you on so many different rides, you know, and then people kind of drag you along with them and you're not really sure you're being dragged until you've been dropped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when you're like, how am I going to pick myself back up again? How did I get here? How did I get here? <laughs> you're looking up from the ground like, wow, it looks yeah. so different from this perspective, <laughs> <Right>? you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, and how you pick yourself up um, and the tools that you use to gather and collect yourself. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think that sometimes, you know, we can drop into some really, you know, not positive tools, you know, tools that aren't in our highest light, but they mm-hmm. get us through that day or that moment. And that's OK, too. No judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's also nice to connect back to what's core and what's central. And so for me, even when that's been hard, even when I've been in my darkest nights and we've all had those dark nights, I'm sure you know, gosh, like, isn't it amazing when you can come back to yourself, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so I got a question. Mm-hmm. So with with you saying there was many ways you came back to yourself, mm-hmm. is that where you found this idea of full spectrum mm-hmm. wellness? Because you... Do we want to, do we want to kind of explain what full, like, yeah. let's define full spectrum wellness and by yes. let us, I mean her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So my foundation is in womanism and in areas that, you know, make space for women to step inside of our wellness. Um, what is our intuition, um, you know, knowledge that hasn't been placed on us, but knowledge that comes from within us. Mm-hmm. So um, that is where I tap in. And sometimes, you know, I think to myself when I find an outlet or I find um, access to a medicine, you know, it's, it's herbs, it's oils, it's breath work. You know, it's sex sometimes, it's weed sometimes, it's a drink sometimes, it's herbs sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, a conversation, it's me just weeping with my friends and them laying their hands on me and praying over me and sending me positive light and energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, full spectrum wellness is you knowing what you need, mm-hmm. you know, your journey, your healing journey, my healing journey is not like any of yours. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have methods that are similar. Mm-hmm. You know, and but no one person knows the best way to heal. You know your way back to yourself. That mm-hmm. is your work, you know. And you have so much to offer. All of you are offering so many beautiful, powerful wellness gifts that mm-hmm. people can tap into as they feel connected to you and your purpose and the things that you're doing. So I think that there is as much work to do in the world as there are people in the world because we are all work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so for me, that's what full spectrum wellness is. And also, you know, in terms of like how I have made that professional in my work, um, I work in the reproductive justice movement, which was which is a movement founded by black women. Mm-hmm. And in 1997 and with the human right to have a child, not have a child and parent your child in safe and sustainable communities. So, you know, so many times we're like, okay, you know, you get shamed if you have a child, you get shamed if you don't have a child. And then when you have your child, you get shamed for the way that you parent, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all of that is incorrect and we know better. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we know that we don't live one dimensional lives, single issue lives. We live on a spectrum of life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. And life is not linear. Life is very circular. It goes in a helix sometimes. You know, it's really a labyrinth. You know, you find your way back to yourself. You find your way back to people. um, And you do that in a variety of ways. And so I think what you all offer here, this space, and various things that I do are connected to full spectrum wellness. Mm -hmm. Nice. Love it. So I had a question. So I saw that um, on your Instagram, it says black feminist. Mm -hmm. So why do you identify as a feminist? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. So (laughs) in college, Mm -hmm. 
I like Higher Learning had just come out, right? Y'all know that movie Higher Learning. Mm-hmm. All right, great. So that movie just came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So higher learning came out. I went to um, his, a historically white institution called Purdue University in Indiana. And you know, I think that when you are in the 90s there was a lot of consciousness coming through around like race that you know was really tenuous and really stressful and so i remember my first week on campus there was this flyer and it was like a black man with a noose on his neck hanging from a tree and Mm. the black folks used to hang out at this area called the tree and it was Mm. just a tree with benches you know around it and it was like all the N-words uh, meet us at the N-word bench at whatever time it was. And so all these black people from everywhere went were at the bench that Friday. Nothing happened. But I was like, wow, you know, there there was something that I didn't have to do or didn't have to step into when I was growing up in Indiana. You know, because we were just all very integrated in my hometown. It's a small town and we were very close. But when I got to this broader environment... And folks were really racist mm-hmm. <laughs> because we were like less than one percent of the population. I was like, wow, like what can speak to me politically, radically that is deep in my femininity, that is deep in my inner knowing, that is deep in my blackness, that is deep in my radicalness that can help me understand and see myself clearly because I could not see myself and anything that most of my professors were saying (laughs) and i was like wow i know that there is more to me than what people are telling me Mm -hmm. and so black feminism helped me to clarify that for myself and i think that it does a lot for different people and it doesn't do as much for others (laughs) and so you know i'm not saying that it's everybody's winner you know what i'm saying but it's my winner um and it speaks to me and um yeah, the way that I spell it is kind of like, it, it's like, you know, I like to, it, it's spelled B-L-K-F-E-M-I-N-S-T. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, you know, there's complexity, you know, I don't want the range of the actual spelling black feminist, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it gives me space to not be exactly that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But to be like your own definition yes. of. It, yeah, it's all about self-definition. Yeah. It reminds me of that time on air, I was like. That's me in a box, but don't put me in a box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes. Yes, for that's sure. What's up. That's what's up. For sure. Okay. Yeah. So, connecting this to the pleasure. Because I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> when I said pleasure, I was like, yes. My <laughs> pleasure. But then you were like, oh, it can be this and it can be that. Okay, so what does the full spectrum in mm-hmm. conjunction with the pleasure? Because clearly it ain't what I was thinking. So I mean, not all of what I was thinking. <laughs> but let, let's fill us in. This is when I want to scoop close. Yeah, you know, I think that I have been on a journey around pleasure for a long time. And um, I think that as children, we become curious about our bodies, you know, and we can't deny that. And we can't we can't deny our children that. But, you know, I was not I was raised by baby boomers. So I was kind of denied that. (laughs) And so um, what that has meant for me is, you know, like when I was younger, there was this 
show on HBO called Real Sex, y'all. Oh, my God. <laughs> I watched that show yes. all the time when I was younger. I used to sneak and watch it yes. all the time. And yes. have Nickelodeon Kendrick. on the last button. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Gotta quickly switch it. Yeah. Okay. You already know. <laughs> so, yeah, Real Sex was lit. Mm-hmm. And it just was, I was like, wow, this happens in the world somewhere. I wanted to be at my house. What we got to do? So yeah. And just so much education came from that. So, you know, I think that I got into my pleasure practice unfortunately unfortunately through my trauma. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, ooh, I know this doesn't feel good. So how do I get back to what feels good? And so I remember the mo- the first conscious decision I made around pleasure was coming out <laughs> and just telling my mom I was a lesbian at 19, which was very difficult. And, you know, and now I've been out, gosh, like more than half my life. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't even know what life is not living this way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was my first conscious decision. And then, you know, I moved into, gosh, just like. I don't know, just really exploring pleasure from a like, where do I where do I see my pleasure? Where do I find my pleasure? Who are does it come from people? Mm-hmm. Does it come from me? Like, I, I don't where do I find it? You know, mm-hmm. so I just was really on a search. And um, I found this book called The Whole Lesbian Sex Book. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful book. It's by this woman named Felice Newman. And she did this study of just like women and pleasure. And so it's from a lesbian's perspective, but it's absolutely for all women, you know, (laughs) and it's powerful in that I was like, wow, these are methods and these are ways that I can arrive at pleasure that are both mental, that are spiritual, that are physical um, and, you know, what's holding me up. And so then from that study and exploration, I started a um, page on Facebook in 2008 called Aunt Betty's Basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Betty's Basement. Yeah, yeah, it was named. Place. <laughs> 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 I don't know what's going on there. We all got that cool aunt that's going to be with it at all times. You know, you can take the boys over there. You can take the girls over there. You can smoke the weed over there. <laughs> I never had an aunt like that, but... Yeah. I always wanted That's one. how you thought it was gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> my friends had them, and I was like, <laughs> "Maybe you could have hung out with your friends, girl." No, I just got beat. I got beat enough okay. on my own. I um, need no help. Yeah, mm-hmm. not no help. <laughs> I need no help. Yeah. Well, my aunt Betty, she I didn't get to kick it at her house like that, but she did have that space for other people. Mm-hmm. So from like the 1950s to the 1980s in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. She had an after-hour spot for black lesbians because oh, back then they used to, um, you know, like the police would come and break up the clubs. People couldn't party, so they had to, like, party in their homes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so she did that. And then I was like, wow, like, you know, I met her friends when she was passing away and stuff. And I was like, man, like, I want that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and so I was able to do it virtually. And then I became a naturist after that. Nice. Yeah, and that was that that is really like core and critical of my like pleasure practice because when are you ever just naked for you? Mm-hmm. And not when you're performing with your body for someone. Mm-hmm. Do you mind explaining what that yes. is for the people sure. who are wondering? Yeah. Yeah. A naturist. Yeah, 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 that's what I was going to say too. I was like, yeah. Yeah. 
So it's basically being nude in nature mm -hmm. um, in community with people where there is no sex that is involved. It's just really like a personal journey and like a way of like living in your body in a different way <laughs> where you're not always wearing clothes and that's defining how people interact with you or people are just, you know, and, and I, I think after a while, you're around all these people and they're like naked and you forget they're naked, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? So it's been, it's a powerful thing that I stepped into in 2012. And wow. You asked my question. Yeah. I said that in my head. I'm like, what year was that? Yeah. And you just said it. Yeah. So I was curious. Okay. Yeah. So where do they, where do you do that type of thing? Mm -hmm. Because I remember when I, um, we started talking about this, when you yeah. came for a massage one time, like you were telling me about, and I was like, I would have never known that stuff even existed. Mm -hmm. Like, but I was like, that's so interesting. Like, that's something I would I would do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I, for it, sure. you don't. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. People I don't know. Found about my well, we laugh and talk about like where we see ourselves. Like, where are all these little steps leading? And it's mm -hmm. like to left eye in the jungle naked with her mm -hmm. homies like <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do and be fetching yeah. sea moss and swinging from trees yeah. and <laughs> nobody's gonna blink twice at a booty cheek like <laughs> period so do you want to tell us what's the difference or if you even feel the need to describe the difference between a nudist and a naturist mm, yeah. is there a thin line a fine line because all of the yeah. till now I was like yeah. I'm a nudist mm -hmm. but yeah. maybe I'm supposed to be a naturist <laughs> yeah I'm exploring well yeah. I think sometimes people use them interchangeably interchangeably you know and and so I think you know I don't want to say it's only this or it's only that okay. Um, so I know that, yeah, people use them both. I think there's a Black Nudist Association or Black Naturist Association. So there are people who are organizing trips and things like that to um, to get more involved in that community. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just basically being naked. Like, you know, think about just like sit with your body, you know, for a minute. Mm -hmm. Okay. And think about all the times that you have ever felt safe in your body. What does that look like? Where were you? Who was around you? Were you with yourself? By myself. Mm -hmm. I was by myself. By mm -hmm. yourself? By yourself? Oh, shit. Absolutely. Can you hear me that really quick? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, interesting when you say by yourself. Um, because really when you're in the nature of space, you are by yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not there for anyone but you. No one cares that you're naked. No one cares what your body looks like. We only care in that community and in, in the spaces that I've held about your heart and how you're healing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I, I did the retreat. My first retreat, I was living in Brooklyn and um, we took a retreat in Maine. Mm -hmm. And so it was um, this like NASA scientist house and he built like a sauna, he had an indoor pool, mm -hmm. and then we had mm -hmm. like woods. And so we were doing hot, cold nature. So we would like be get really, really hot and then go out and do like snow angels in the snow naked. So in the snow naked? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you know, like the, the the body temperature, you know, taking your body temperature really, really hot and then bringing it down mm -hmm. is actually good for your pores, it's good for your heart. Yeah. You know, so I, I try chirotherapy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I just 
It was an experience. Okay, let's just say that. Because I thought I was able to go in there with the robe. And he was like, hand me the robe. And I'm like, it's freezing. Like, you being there for 60 seconds, like, it's freezing. Like, oh my gosh. And I was sitting there the whole time. But I always wanted to go back and try it to relax because I just was not relaxed. So We should make it a date. Yeah, honestly. There's a $9 group on. You can come to my gym and do it. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. That works. Yes. But after after the experience though, nonetheless, when it was all done, maybe five minutes after, mm-hmm. I felt like I was on a cloud. Yeah. Like I felt really high yes. for like a, a while. Yeah. And then I took a nice nap. Yeah. <laughs> See? You probably woke up starved. Yeah, I did um I went and stayed on a Reservation when mm-hmm. I was 18 for two weeks, mm-hmm. and it was like tents and a nudist reservation. No, mm-hmm. oh. a, a, a Navajo reservation oh. out in like the Four Corners area. And they do the hot huts mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. the, the sweat lounges. Mm-hmm. So, and I did that, and I like fell in love with mm-hmm. that. Like, what to is this that experience, like, what do you? Um, it's kind of similar to this circle. And it's a sweat lodge. So it's like a little, like a dome, like an igloo, but uh, they wrap, put blankets all over it and they put hot coals in the inside. And it's literally mm-hmm. hot. You're already in Arizona. You're already mm-hmm. in the desert. And you do it naked. If you're um, menstruating, you mark your head with like red clay or red something. But if not, you just go in and you're naked and they, you do meditation and breathing. And it's just a part of their... Are you naked with other people? Yeah, they're all oh, naked. Okay. The men, the women. And, oh, and so annoying. men and women do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course they have different ceremonies or different things where of course we don't intermingle or anything like that but yeah you're just in there and I was like I fell in love with it and that's like like to this day whenever we travel cause, and that's what I was thinking about because when mm-hmm. I I ran into a group of um, people who enjoyed being nude I don't want to label mm-hmm. them but we were in Carousel or maybe Bonaire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they like took us on their well not me they took my friends on their boat mm-hmm. and took them to out way out to different parts of stretches of beach they're like mm-hmm. the um the tourists because we were on a cruise mm-hmm. and we poured it and um places where they went no and they were like yeah like this is what we do boat and they're just all naked and they're like, chilling they were telling us about it we like why did you leave us, <laughs> you us? and um but the joke is i would have never found them because i'm always like in the sand like sleep on the beach like mm-hmm. i just love mm-hmm. the heat mm-hmm. and it stems back to that first experience of just like being in that heat and just feeling mm-hmm. so good but i did the cry roll and I loved it and I was mm-hmm. like I would do I would totally do this more often but I didn't like it just finding the time like it, man. my nipples got like harder than I thought they would <laughs> 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 like, about to explode I'm like <laughs> I would probably do it again just because it's good for you <laughs> I'm about to fall I'm Okay, so about the naturist. So um, I know you said like when you are um, when you are in those moments, you're still by yourself because you're in nature. Um, but the first time doing it, mm-hmm. what was that experience like? Did oh. did it take a did it take time for you? <laughs> oh, such a funny story. So I missed my flight to you know with with the full group. Mm-hmm. And so I had to fly by myself, and then I got a car service to take me. And so it was this amazing Somalian man. We had so much great conversation. The ride was maybe 45 minutes from the airport to the house. 
And so we pull up to the house and he's like, okay, you know, we're here. And I'm like, yes, okay. And then all these people come out the house naked, like, ever going on a naturist trip um so yeah but i think that naturism is like is communal and beautiful too because you know even like in the sweat lodges you know this is not new Mm -hmm. you know i think sometimes folks try to package it back to us like things that are natural to us you know and things that are sacred to us they try to package our sacredness and Mm -hmm. give it back to us Mm -hmm. you know which is foul but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but you know, as I think about you know our Asian brothers and sisters right now, you know they have beautiful traditions of um, community bathing. So they have they don't have bathhouses here, but they have like Asian um, and mainly Korean bathhouses. They have some in Chicago. Um, it's called King Spa. They have one in Atlanta, not not far from Atlanta, called Jeju. And so some of these spas you can stay at overnight. Mm. They have, like, restaurants inside. You lay out on a pallet. They have a range of services that you can get. So, like, acupressure, massage. You can get a full scrub down, like, within inches of your life. I'm talking about... You're going to have this. And you're going to be like, I'm clean. I'm clean. She's going to be like, no, you're not clean. You're not clean. It rolls up there. But it's so refreshing. And it feels so good. Um, but we don't have anything like that in Ohio, unfortunately. And I'm just hoping that one day we do. But... Um, it's amazing. I'm just thinking of like how I'm still stuck on the part where she was like, "You'll be like, no, I'm good." She's like, "Mm-mm, you still going, baby?" <laughs> yeah, she would get all of the dead skin. Okay, and you can do a yoni steam there too. That's where I first got exposed to yoni steams was at the Korean spa. So I think we have a lot to learn from other people of color in their bathing traditions, mm-hmm. and you know what they gift to us in this country from their countries and their traditions. You know, I want to get you hit to some. Because in North Olmstead, there is a bath spa. So I went with one of my good friends, Mm -hmm. and this was our first time experiencing each other naked. And like they scrubbed us down and like gave us a massage. We was there for like two hours, and they served us tea and fruit and stuff like that. But it's in North Olmstead. It's called Al Amara Spa, and it's it's Turkish. Oh yes, yeah. So it's like Mm -hmm. the it's their tradition or the way yeah. they do it yeah. so they use like all this clay and mud yeah. and stuff like that but so if y'all are interested mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe one day we should all do it that's yeah. what I was but thinking we gotta do yeah. a group activity another one so and there was a Russian one yeah. in, uh, on the east side mm-hmm. over here but mm-hmm. they just closed it down but like I think only like Russians could go there <laughs> but I remember <laughs> I actually went in there um, cause someone like bought the building from mm-hmm. them but they still had everything set up in the back because no one like redid that part yet. Mm-hmm. And I went in there for something to do with massage, just to talk to this lady, and she was showing me around. And they had pictures all covering this wall, and they're just like, and it was like a men's bathhouse. Oh, so like yeah. they would all just be naked, like all the men just chilling. Like they would eat food. They'd go in these like salt cave that they made Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. and that was like a traditional russian thing to do and they were like (laughs) that's beautiful yeah because it was this um 
was this Russian woman who was at the gym and she was the only person naked in the sauna and people are like what are you yeah, doing? Like, <laughs> and I'm just like oh okay but I I didn't know but she was like I don't know why no one else is naked so she was like I've been out of here she got upset Aww. but She's like, yeah. y'all are not doing this right. right. Like, this is a disgrace. Like, that's always me too. Like, I, you know, I sweat. So when I'm at the gym, I'm like, and people are like, there's rooms over there. And I'm like, look, you got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm not walking over there. And I'm claustrophobic. So See, I think that's something to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. because like, um, you know, most people find themselves like on this journey and mm-hmm. like the the idea or what people are trying to get back to is like their their natural their natural self mm-hmm. and usually that do looks like just nothing you're nude and mm-hmm. you know oftentimes and i'm also just really speaking for myself mm-hmm. that there's n- there's really not too much of comfortability mm-hmm. and then you start to notice how uncomfortable you can be in your skin and in your mm-hmm. nude mm-hmm. when there are other people around mm-hmm. and usually you mm-hmm. filter out those feelings when sex is involved because mm-hmm. there's an action mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. sometimes if you have to sit there and be naked and maybe breathe or something mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. how do you mm-hmm. rid yourself of the anxiety of the discomfort of mm-hmm. the in- insecurities mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was because when I when I was there naked with my friend, I kept thinking like, is my friend looking at me? But like mm-hmm. more so examining like who I am because mm-hmm. once when all of it's gone, like the mm-hmm. style, the clothes, mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. it's just me and this mm-hmm. is who I am and it's just such a such it's just so vulnerable. Yeah, you know. So yeah. <laughs> that's why I was curious about how was like your first experience mm-hmm. and then how do you mm-hmm. like find yourself. Yeah, how do you come back to loving who you are and being mm-hmm. comfortable with who you are bare? Like, yeah. And to add one piece mm-hmm. of that. How do you uh, kind of help newbies mm-hmm. get to that? Like, when you take mm-hmm. the retreats and then it's one person who's it's their first time. Like, what what are like some words to get them? <clears throat> excuse me, comfortable like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love these questions. <laughs> okay, so, you know, I think my first time, you know, I was searching. Mm-hmm. I had just had a, a, my first surgery on my womb, mm-hmm. and I had 10 fibroids removed. I had a really traumatic healing experience. Mm-hmm. I was in a really abusive relationship at the time, and I had just moved to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I, so it was just so much was coming at me at the same time, you know, mental health challenges at that time, too, because, of course, that's what happens when you're like in crisis. Yeah. And so I was in crisis and inside of that crisis, um, I spoke with a sister friend who was just like, you know what? I don't know if this would be helpful for you. Um, But for me, I felt very disconnected from my body because my body had never been operated on, right? So Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, my body kind of feels like Frankenstein's bride right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? So having that experience where, you know, I felt very disassociated from my body, I was like, how do I drop back in here? Mm -hmm. Because I know that being disassociated from my body is what caused me to be in that abusive relationship Mm -hmm. is what kind of led to a whole flurry of things that you know I was just in my season of Mm -hmm. you know Um, and so yeah and and so coming back to myself was possible through naturism Um, because I was like okay I we talk about confrontation you know I had to confront myself (laughs) 
you know, I had to say, what made those fibroids possible? was the same thing that made that relationship possible. Mm. was the same thing that made my mental breakdown so real and, and present, you know. And so when we think about all of the things that fall in patterns in our life, you know, when we're not in alignment, you know, sometimes we just, we don't know why we just surrender to it, <laughs> you know. And then other times we're like, hold up, hold up, nope, 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 nope. So that's really, you know, I was, I was just in this, I was in this, I was in a process and that's what I needed. You know, naturism is what I needed and um, I discovered that. Um, and I think that what helps, how I would help someone come into um, the naturist space is what I do every week, which is, well, I've had um, naturist spaces at conferences. So there was a conference called Sex Down South where I held a workshop and then there's another conference called Let's Talk About Sex both held in the South, um, but you know there are spaces for folks to experience, to explore and talk about like everything from policy to pleasure around sex and reproduction mm-hmm. and gender. And so um, those were really beautiful spaces where like I set it up so that people when they came in, you know, I greeted everyone with a flower. Mm-hmm. Um, I had refreshments on the table, alcoholic, non-alcoholic, vegan, everything in between. And, you know, I just, I, the first step for me is just showing them my vulnerability. So I'm always the first one to get out of my clothes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and, um, and just model that with them and for them. Um, But yeah, but what I do, what I've been able to do during the pandemic, I started these uh, last April which is weekly bathhouses every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So I do virtual community bathhouses where people from, uh, my friends from all across the country, we get together on Zoom and we show up in our vulnerability and we show up in our deep vulnerability because we know that water is medicine. We know that water can handle it, you know, because there's a lot that we've not been able to deal with very well. It's been a lot of heavy shit happening (laughs) over the last few years. So um, we, and we can't make sense of it all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so water is that it it gives you, it it holds you when you're feeling heavy, no matter how you feel about your body. Water is like, boo, I got you. You light. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So water is so loving and so hard, so soft, but it's also so powerful and that it can like carve valleys and like make shapes in the earth, mm-hmm. you know? So you have this powerful element and these powerful conversations every week and they've been wonderful. Um, and then I have had some pleasure elements inside of my um, practice around um, naturism. So last year I did an event called Meditate, Medicate, Masturbate. Mm. And they're it, like M's. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M. Triple M. So, um, yeah, it was an event that I was really inspired by from Real Sex. And because they have National Masturbation Month in May, mm-hmm. right? Oh. I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> it's coming up, girl. Oh, <laughs> just in time. Yeah. Yeah. You said you have National Masturbation Month. Uh-huh. Do I need to order anything? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, so I saw this um real sex episode and they, it was like all white folks, you know. And I was like, man, and they had this masturbate a thon and I was like, it that yes. 
<laughs> I need to see bodies of color doing this. Okay, we need this. And so, um, because gosh, like, oh, that feels so good. And so then <laughs> I was able to like kind of invite folks and say, hey, you know, is this something you'd be down with? You know, it's going to be super safe. These are the ways that I'm going to make it safe. Um, and so, yeah, I those people who said they were interested, I sent them a survey. From the survey, I said, okay, you know, we need to have a two-hour kind of check-in. Make sure your intentions are grounded in, you know, what serves you. And then from there, we met the day of, just so I could kind of check in to see where their headspace was on that day. Um, and then, you know, put out an email that was like kind of a, here's all of the people you're going to be with, you know, so it was kind of like a... Like, would you put on a dating profile? It was cute. <laughs> and then, you know, and we meditated, we medicated, and we masturbated. So I just took us through a guided meditation. Um, and what was fascinating about that space is, you know, you think that, you know, the first place you're going to go is, of course, your genitals. But no, like that's when you're doing performative sex. <laughs> you know, when you're doing pleasure that is just for you. You know, you pay attention to the things that you don't typically pay attention to or want anyone else to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And for that particular group of people, it was their stomachs. Mm -hmm. And when you think about how much you hold in your belly and, you know, sacral solar energy in your belly and everything that's connected to passion and purpose right there mm -hmm. and the ways that you allow someone else inside of your body to control those those desires, those cravings that you really need to gift to yourself, it really kind of changes how you become intimate with yourself, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it may, it, it helps me to not be afraid, you know, so I think being able to facilitate a space like that for folks felt very powerful, it felt very loving, um, very supportive, and um, everyone loved it, it was great. All right, so real quick, the Medicaid part. Let's talk about it. Maybe here last. Yeah, let's talk about the Medicaid part. So I'm not a smoker. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even do hookah anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I have recently discovered hemp oil, mm -hmm. CBD oil. Um, and it's cool. You mm -hmm. know, like it's cool. Um, I was diagnosed with anxiety during whatever this was, 2020. Mm -hmm. um, in which I've always felt like I had it since I took Psych 101 in like 2006. But I was just kind of like, I'm black, I can't have shit. Like, I'm already black, I'm loud. That's enough. I don't need no extra labels. Mm -hmm. But I always knew, mm -hmm. you know, like the feelings of it. And I just grew to adjust accordingly. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm stretched, soaked in professionally and... Um, just emotionally with family and friends sure. and all of that. It's like, I don't got time to be sweating in no corner, trying to breathe it out. I'm like, oil me up. <laughs> Let me free. Um, so I found a lot of freedom in that. But because I come from a family of abusers, mm. I've always been very, I was very late to start drinking, maybe about mm -hmm. 22, 23. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've always been like anti-drug. Like weed is the gateway drug. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I can't get on weed because if I get on weed, I'm going to get on other stuff. And before you know it, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be on the corner. <laughs> just not uh, one, one. I didn't even pop up. Just one. <laughs> but that's 
that's always been my psychological mm-hmm. energy towards it. So sure. now that I'm like naked and mm-hmm. more comfortable with me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. healing from my past and working on my root chakra, I'm like, Genova, it's okay to mm-hmm. hip it up. Like, you know, like, and really go back to nature for the healing and not those societal pressures that people tell you, oh, just have a drink. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the the Medicaid part because yeah. I think there's a lot of stigma. Oh, sure. um, and then there's a lot of hype around yeah. just the legalization of weed, yeah. the abusers, yeah. you know, the, the needers, the users. So, can you talk about that a little bit and just... Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> I, first of all, you know, I have been around cannabis my li- my entire life, so I don't have any stigma like about it. Um, I actually wrote an article um, about my my mom who passed away three years ago, but it's called um, "Smoke Your Smoke Your Weed, Baby: Memories of My, uh, my Mother's Truth or Dare." It's on theroot.com, and I wrote it because. Um, <laughs> I think that there are so there, like first of all, cannabis is an ancient medicine mm-hmm. that you know people have made evil because they put money to it. Um, they've made it um, a, a, an opportunity to make criminalize people, you know. Um, and honestly, you know. Like every other herb, in my opinion, you know, cannabis is just a very, um, so I call her very social. You know, she's like, you know, the more attention you give her, the more that she's going to be like, yes. And so when I think about cannabis, I think of her as like the, the homegirl's homegirl. Mm-hmm. That's who cannabis is for me. Now, I know that, of course, you know, based on how we're raised, based on, you know, like whatever we've been taught in our lives and whatever has been demonstrated to us in our lives from our families, it can be really scary to think about anything alternative going into our bodies, you know, so and I understand people who feel that way as well. But I also know that no one should go to jail for a plant. No one should go to jail for a plant that grows from this earth. Most definitely. (laughs) That is here to give you medicine now. The frequency upon which people use it, I I know in places where it's being regulated, like for instance, I have friends who are doing um, cannabis regulation in Michigan and New Jersey, and they're looking at, you know, what happens, like, you know, like with alcohol regulations, if you drink too much, you know, there's, you do the breathalyzer and it's like, okay, you know, you drink too much, now it's time for you to like go sit down or go to jail. So, you know. (laughs) Go sit down or go to jail. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So. You, I, I think that she's looking at what does that look like. So when you when you're talking about pace and boundaries with with cannabis, and I understand that's where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who are actually looking at that who are legalizing it. So people aren't. When you think about the folks of color who are out here legalizing it and doing equity work, it's not reckless because they're not just in it for how much money can I make. Now there are people who are. And who wants you to smoke all of the weed? You know, all the, of the time. All of the time. But also, if that's what you choose to do, I feel like if you're a functioning human being, and you do what you do. Um, I really think it's about agency. So if it's not for you, you know, it doesn't have to mean that it's not for someone else. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the same way that I feel about abortion access. It's like, you may not believe in abortion. That is your right. 
Mm -hmm. I fucks with you. And you know who else I fucks with? The person who needs one. Exactly. You know? (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just saying, like, you know, what would the world look like if we just let people do what they wanted to do without harming (laughs) other people? And just say, I feel that though for real. <laughs> but yeah, but I've I've written a lot. Um, I've connected with folks like there's a amazing black woman, Wanda James in uh, Colorado, in Denver, who is one of the first black women to open a dispensary. She talks a lot about <laughs> the dispensaries in Colorado are trippy. They look like gas stations. So you pull up right. and you thinking your <laughs> yeah, it's gas, all right. I pull up there and getting some gas and like none of the pumps work and it's like <laughs> it was so trippy and I was like the last to know. And oh. like, That's, no, no, I can't like, imagine no. that. I was, too. When I got there, I was like, why are there so many gas stations here? Hers <laughs> <laughs> is like kind of a walk up. I didn't see too many. Well, maybe I, I don't know. Well, where I was you, in the Springs. So okay. I'm not in Denver. So. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I was like, okay. this is trippy. It blew my mind yeah. and everyone. I always was like whenever I would say like oh yeah I'm flying from Colorado oh yeah you got that stuff and it's like I'm not I don't <laughs> actually no <laughs> wrong girl <laughs> wrong girl yeah. Yeah. Well, what are some of your favorite ways to use cannabis mm, I love tinctures I think mm. tinctures are great and I also love topicals mm. um, topicals you know I think that that's always for folks who are not comfortable with the smoking element and what that looks like or what that might smell like um, exactly. <laughs> See, there's some cannabis for you. Um, you know, I think that I've had a lot of inflammation issues in my body, and that has really been so supportive to my healing. Um, and yeah, so I, I love topicals, and if, you know, and I do enjoy smoking. But you know, lung capacity is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was so, just about to say yeah. that. Yeah. I was just about to say that. <laughs> so you, you, you know, you just have to be about like, how are you using things? in a way that is around Mm -hmm. self-preservation and just being balanced and paced. You know what I mean? You know, you got to find what works for you and why it works for you. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to understand, you know, when you just like when you drink something, when you eat something, um, why am I doing this? Why am I drinking this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mindful marijuana. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> marijuana. marijuana. <laughs> but also, for the person who doesn't, I'm like, no judgment, friend. You'll mm-hmm. get there. Yeah. You, you will okay. find your way back. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I know for me, like with my um, relationship with mm. Mary Jane, mm-hmm. it was like, if I... Um, use all of these other herbs for like tonics tinctures and stuff like that but this is the only one i'm smoking and it, and like even though like i would love the way i would feel i was still getting negative effects because i'm still like doing things to my body well my lungs and i could feel that and it was changing like the way i move the way i exercise and you know when you are high it's like you kind of for me I kind of psych myself out a little bit I'm like yeah this got me doing 20 jumping jacks but then I'm like what's going on I can't you know get a full breath in anymore so I kind of let like let it go for a long time and then I found myself back making tinctures with it and I realized like that's the way like I really love to do it as well but I want you all to look up someone her name is the dank duchess 
the dank. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. She is amazing. Now, she is a person and she is a delightful human being that I have had the pleasure of meeting. And she um, is like, she, she, she manages, she does hemp, she does uh, hash, she does, she grows cannabis and she like is in like this deep production of cannabis wellness and psilocybin, which are magic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. She's based in um, Oakland, California, and um, she has these chillums, these like thick, um, beautifully rolled um, smokes that um, she bedazzles and makes really beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, you know, she also talks about what you were saying, which is, you know, she works out after she smokes mm -hmm. and and she's very active i mean i've been in physical space with her i was at a retreat um a cannabis and yoga retreat a couple of years ago in palm springs and she was there and you know people were you know medicating and being active and so i just think that you know it's based on an individual's body mm -hmm. you know you know your body i know my body and you know we want to trust each other to know what's best for our own bodies right mm -hmm. Mm. That's why I like off of that. I like to always say I like to like get elevated. I don't like to get high because mm -hmm. I feel like it's a big difference. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. when you're high and stoned, you're so stagnant, you and know? you're just lost in the substance. It's mm -hmm. not like you're taking control of mm -hmm. the experience. Mm -hmm. For sure. For I feel sure. like that's how some people feel about uh, microdosing with like shrooms mm -hmm. and stuff. I like microdosing. Mm -hmm. I don't do it all the time, but. I, like you, like everyone has really said, it's just all about the individual level because for me, I've done a full trip of shrooms and it's not that it was a bad or negative experience, but it's very intense. Mm -hmm. And to have to still function within society mm -hmm. while you're feeling like that <laughs> is not something I would be able to do mm -hmm. yeah. and be happy with the results. But like <laughs> sprinking a little bit in my tea. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. Like trip. you didn't do it like a so I scheduled like microdosed like mushrooms for three months. So there's like a thing you follow like specifically like wait it out like um every three days took the exact same amount like mm. in a pill like for three months straight. Really? Wow. Okay, yeah. so I've never experienced it that you way. You just ate a little bit? Well, no. <laughs> I've heard people do that, too. I like, only do it when I feel like I'm in, like, the middle of a transition. Okay. So, like, when I'm between phases or chapters. It's just powers. It's literally, <laughs> like, it just gives you that extra boost into that next phase. Mm -hmm. And so I'll take it, and I'll usually, like, journal. I always mm -hmm. send my son to his grandmother's house. You know, I have the house to myself for a night. I never do it with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just take it. And just let what happens, happens. Let what releases, release. And what mm -hmm. I hold on to, I'll keep it and move on. Mm -hmm. So I, must, I probably did, like, way less than you. Because I was doing, like, I would take it in the morning and, like, go through my day. I've taken it a couple like, times every like three that. Days but three I, mean, I just feel like it boosts your mood. Like, I, when yeah, I take shrooms, I, I want to have, I don't maybe want to get too deep into it to where I'm on a trip for eight to ten hours. But mm -hmm. I do want to have... <laughs> A little bit of an intense experience. Sometimes that's nice though too. Yeah. Did y'all watch you? 
Yes. yes. Season two. Yes. He tripped because of the brother spiked him. Oh my I goodness. Remember. That was yeah. not funny. Oh, he was doing yes. two At the end, towards the end, right? Bruh. You I was like, see, I ain't never. <laughs> but was that, did they do shrooms? I don't think I it think was he, shrooms. Did he give him shrooms? I thought he gave him shrooms. I think it was something else. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think they were doing like just cocaine and all types of stuff. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was. Well, I don't know. I think that, you know, both shrooms and cannabis come from the earth. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, again, balance and pace mm-hmm. and knowing your body. And someone had to take that first, those first doses of shrooms <laughs> to understand what was poisonous, what had what impact. So I want to just give thanks for those people who did that. And now we know through their example what to do. Exa- mm-hmm. oh, example. Question. Mm-hmm. When sure. you are doing your naturist, do mm-hmm. you forage for shrooms? Is that um, a thing for real? Because I always see people like, I follow the coolest and they always are like spotting mushrooms mm-hmm. and I don't know the difference between like something you throw on the salad yeah. and something that's like <laughs> some stuff so yeah. I always wonder mm-hmm. is that like yeah, no, thing. I don't forage for magic mushrooms. It's so sad, I know. Um, that might be a little dangerous, and also it's illegal here. Oh. Um, You're learning. No, You're learning. But um, through my herbalism work and studies and just learning, I do love to forage and, and leave the mushrooms where they are. Um, mm. because, you know, I think catch and release. Yeah. Because I think with wildcrafting, people are extreme, yes. just like with anything, you know, you find a, a thing that you could put in your farm to table restaurant and now you've made money on like wild harvesting all of this medicine that is essential to the environment that it's in. And now what have you done to that environment? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that, you know, you know, I think that, yes, Herbs are they're they're comical. Like I tell you, my 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 source light herb is calendula and my shadow herb is hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Now they teach me very different things, <laughs> but it's not cannabis, right? So, you know, it's like kinda in the spectrum of, you know, like herbs have personalities. Yes. You know, <laughs> They start talking and you're like, wow, I didn't know you had that in you. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that, yeah, you know, you definitely, I think herbalism does help me to connect more to nature. And I do want a wild harvest naked. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Legally. Not here. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not that either. <laughs> I mean, you must want to come. Right. <laughs> I, know, I, mean, I, I believe, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, learning, relearning and unlearning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like in the process, I'm still slowly unfolding all of the things that mm-hmm. I taught myself or like let society put on me over my first 30 X years of life. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm open mm-hmm. to relearning mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. from another standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like I was saging before mm-hmm. I got here, like throw chakra, don't trip. Mm-hmm keep my mind open keep an open mind Mm -hmm. because I know that a lot of things you know you just go so long thinking um in straight in these straight lines Mm -hmm. and you know like you Mm -hmm. said you get to a point in life where you're like nah this is all one big 
S curve or something, you know. It's like so now I'm like open to the S curve, and I'm like with everything, like yeah. not necessarily to the point where I'm comfortable enough to just fall into the shrooms, but I'm very open minded to not be like because the old me was like like in college I was literally like, oh y'all drink, I'm not hanging with y'all. Don't call me. Don't call my door. <laughs> like, I was intense. I was. And I'm like, it was still to like smoking. Like, mm-hmm. don't smoke in my car. Don't smoke in my house. Don't, don't, you know, like that was always how I was. Mm-hmm. And so now just being okay with whatever somebody, you know, whatever you find your thing and just understanding that and just yeah. being open to the understanding and just mm-hmm. the curiosity mm-hmm. of really wanting, as I learn more about herbs and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just people smoking herbs, not cannabis, yeah, but yeah. just literally like mm-hmm. people smoking herbs. And I'm like, oh, y'all really just be like rolling up lavender. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. You know, and I didn't know that that was like mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. So just letting that little fortune cookie keep unfolding for me. So yeah. yeah, I'm with it. I'm with everything. But I've always saw those mushrooms and I've always wanted to like pick them up. And I'm so glad I <laughs> <laughs> told you that you tell me like, eh, eh. <laughs> I feel like my three-year-old right now, like, don't touch that, Justin. <laughs> but I never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. I see something, I'm like, pick it. Yeah. Consumption is a something. Yeah. You know, we okay, see something, you. we want it. And, and that's how we're brought up and brought into the world, you know. And it's nobody's fault. I blame you know? Columbus. I mean, Columbus is a lot. He has a lot. Columbus, a lot. Ohio? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what about Columbus? <laughs> but let's talk about Ohio. Let's talk about the Midwest, you know. Like, this is a conversation that would be totally, like, normal, like, that I've had regularly on the coast. You know, I've lived in California, I've lived in New York, and I've not lived in the South. I have lived abroad. And I think that that, um, and I'm from a small town in Indiana, and now I live in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that, you know, I've been to Amsterdam, you know, I know what is possible around sex work. I know what is possible around cannabis and shrew. I know what's possible in states that are next door neighbors to us, like Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, and Illinois. And um, and it is a region that is like largely overlooked. I think that, you know, because I hadn't lived home, you know, in the Midwest for so long, people didn't even think I was from here. And they were like, oh, you're from... Brooklyn because that's what I identify you with and I'm like no and that's why I love what you all are doing because I think that the world sees the Midwest through the lens of the you know like the white redneck image mm-hmm. you know For they, sure. don't, they don't yeah. see us cornfields and clothes mines. literally yes cornfields and clothes mines. I like that yes I might need to go on the state flag <laughs> I think so I think that's that's the move right there another t-shirt are you gonna print another t-shirt another t-shirt our t-shirt brand I'm sure y'all come up with all kinds of things yeah, start writing them down. We gotta start because I can't remember the one from last week. Please, week. y'all, what please write them down. <laughs> I'm gonna yes, write them down. start writing them down. But like, how do you keep it juicy in the hotbed of racism? Ooh. Here, <laughs> but no. seriously, in sister circles. Yes, in sister mm-hmm. circles. Like, what, what do we create from the conditions that we're in mm-hmm. that don't serve us? Mm-hmm. You know, you're creating visibility and a platform. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so important. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're creating these wellness alternatives and opportunities that our people are like, ooh, who's the representative? Mm-hmm. You know, before I get into this. Oh, yeah, that's very real because yes. um, I organized a protest mm-hmm. last year, around the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. And I was so surprised to see how many people were like reaching out, like, who is organizing it? Are you a black person like this and the third? And I was like, it was my first ever, you know, throwing mm-hmm. myself into that space. But mm-hmm. I mean, it turned out really well. But I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's lots of questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when I first moved here, one of the first questions that people asked me was, what high school did I go to? And I was like, why does that matter? I didn't go to high school here. You know, and I think that... They want to know where you're from mm-hmm. so that yeah. they can see what type of person you are. Okay. So they can see, like, if you say shaker, then they're like, okay. She's this, Middle this, class. That. Maybe a little oh. uppity. If you say Solon, it's like, oh, y'all had some money. If you say St. Clair or Shaw or East Cleveland, like, oh, you hood. You know, like, they mm, trying to use you things to your background. Okay, so really fast, we have a question for you from one of our viewers. Sure. So she, um, Angel, right? Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, she wants to know, how do you start to identify or find things that bring you pleasure? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Just, like, look at what you're inspired by. <laughs> Go outside. Take a walk around a lake. We have Lake Erie right here. Or find your body of water, you know. And then, like, really listen to insight for information. So, like, I love going and putting my feet in cold water and just, like, letting the water come rush up and pull things away. And so there is a spiritual practice, you know, and there's a discipline that comes along, like, you can't just say, pleasure, come to me now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not that's not how it arrives to you. And sometimes you need to learn through other people. You know, some people lead you right there. And, you know, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's lit sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, when you're on that journey for yourself, like, write yourself letters. I write to myself a lot. Mm-hmm. I think this last year I read my journals from my last 10 years. <laughs> was deep. Oh my god. Isn't it so cringy? <laughs> 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 Who is this woman? I don't know her. I hate going back. But it's also a lot of wisdom. You have a lot of wisdom. You gave yourself a lot of wisdom that got you through. Sometimes it's so hard to read. It's like I literally like choke up reading it. I'd be like but look at where you are now. Yeah, like, you, know, yeah, like, like, you like, forget where you were. Yeah. yeah. You're like, like oh, wow, this is so I so much did, better. I'm so <laughs> strong. Like, wow. like, I made it so far. It's like, what was I going through? What was wrong with me? I look at the old me like, what was you on, sis? Like, you just, just growing. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. So, have anyone ever wrote a letter to themselves with their non-dominant hand? I remember you telling no, me about no, that. I still have not done Yeah, that. because, like, the idea is that that's your um, child self t- speaking mm-hmm. to you. And since it's your non-dominant hand, it would look like the handwriting of your younger self. And oh. then you start, like, addressing yourself like, dear, you know, how you identify yourself. And then, mm-hmm. these, well, from my experience, like, these thoughts just kept mm-hmm. coming out that I didn't realize I buried or hindered when I was that that little girl and then all these things start coming up i'm like dang i feel like this and then i was yeah it was just digging into that deeper part but i was just curious if anyone ever Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try that for sure i love writing i think my inner child work breakthrough really happened um winter solstice Mm. i this year or last year I um, was had just healed just enough for my surgery, 
and I drove to Sugar Creek. I rented myself a cabin um, in Amish country, and I just stayed there, and I just workshopped myself. All by yourself. All by myself. See, I've been craving to go to the getaway house all by yes. myself. Yeah, I've really been craving yes. to do that. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted to do it for my birthday this mm -hmm. past mm -hmm. time. And I'm just like, I should just do it. But yeah, I really need to just do it. Because when I read the journals, really every, every question that I needed to ask myself, I found in one of my old journals. Mm. Mm. I tell you. And yeah. then it took me, you know, going away from and being away from my like family environment and just being like, okay, it's Jasmine for Jasmine. Let's do this, <laughs> you know. And it, it really brought a lot of clarity for me. So, yeah, I mean, we're always just, you know, just do the work on yourself and don't be afraid. I mean, it's kind of a scary thing, too. Like, being like, oh, I'm going to be by myself. And, you that know. sounds amazing. But it wasn't <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it sounds amazing when you reached. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about, um, we brought up the word, like, um, ambivert, am ambivert mm -hmm. last year. And I was, last year, last mm -hmm week mm -hmm. and I was telling them that like I love being with people mm -hmm. like I'm a people person like when people are like oh, I don't like people I'm like what's mm -hmm. wrong with you like, mm -hmm. I love people but I love doing stuff by myself too mm -hmm. like planning stuff by myself shopping yeah. by myself mm -hmm. eating by myself mm -hmm. like it's like a whole charade mm -hmm. when I do stuff by myself mm -hmm. just as extravagant as it is when I do mm -hmm. it with other people mm -hmm. and during quarantine um my son went to stay with his dad for about a month and in that month, I would have, like, days where I would only really leave the room to, like, get food or, like, go to the restroom. And in there, mm -hmm. I'm, like, drafting logos, mm -hmm. business concepts, like, everything just from being, mm -hmm. not, not stuck in that space. Because I, I went out a lot. I actually did go out a yeah. lot. I went running. I was at the creek. I was I was out there in the streets. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, wasn't nobody else out there, though. So it was the perfect place to be because it was still, like, a ghost town where yeah. we were. But through that, like, I ain't gonna say, like, isolation, but just through mm -hmm. that discipline of sitting with myself, I was able to just birth so many things. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes a big part of that was, like, finding pleasure to kind of, um, was it Angel? Did she say her name? Mm -hmm. Angel. Angel. So part, I don't, and I don't know that I found, like, pleasure, but I surely think I'm very jolly. And part <laughs> of what has helped me become jolly or find things that I'm pleased with, find circles that I'm pleased with, that I feel safe with, and new friends and new connections, was really writing down everything that I loved about my life at that moment. Mm -hmm. And it, for as many things as I had going on, I really didn't love most of those things. So it was like when I when I really got down to the nitty gritty of it, I really liked like six people and like really nothing about my life. You know, I didn't like where I lived. I didn't like, you know, just so many things. So when I looked at that list versus my manifestations list of things I wanted, mm -hmm. the type of house I wanted, the type of places I wanted to go, the type of friends I wanted to have, the type of experiences I wanted to experience with other people, that's how I shifted into walking in this path of mm -hmm. being connected with more people. We talked about that on another episode. Like when you fall more into alignment, the universe just kind of keeps having its way for you. It just gives you everything you want. So sometimes you, I think we think so much about 
the rat race that is success Ooh, or the rat yes, race that, that is right into happiness mm-hmm. and things like that and in the form of going out and looking for it and not just saying like hey this is me this is what I do and I'm happy as fuck doing it mm-hmm. and I'm happy at the couple people I got on my team that's supporting me or that you know support me or that believe in me you know like I think that that's a form of um, you know like self happiness or pleasure and that I think that finding that kind of makes it <clears throat> makes makes experiencing pleasure with other people because I don't think that I could really enjoy other people as much if I wasn't <clears throat> as if you didn't happy enjoy with yourself. me yeah yes. if I didn't if, if I didn't enjoy me if I didn't enjoy my company how good am I going to enjoy your company mm-hmm. you know what I mean I think that when people don't enjoy their own company that's when they find problems with your company yes you know like I, like people everyone's different but no, <clears throat> nothing bothers me about people because honestly I don't let anything bother me about myself and I'll address something I'll check it and then I'm gonna grow and glow from there but I'm not gonna like I used to do people condemn people and judge people oh you little weed head you ain't gonna ah, weed head. you know what I mean and like once I just became more happy with me that's when I've I don't, and I, like I said I don't know that that's really like pleasure but certainly assessing where you are and comparing that list to where you want to be and then yes. bridging that gap of how do I get over mm-hmm. here because this side of the paper ain't it so just going off of what you said and all the energy that you're putting into it three things that come to my mind for how I reached a point of like self-awareness and self-loving and really being willing to take up space not being like hesitant about it um, accountability, I feel like is major. And then um, one day I was in a hot yoga class and the instructor was talking about the art of detachment. And for me growing up, I'm like so sensitive, like I can't even, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm like, I think there's strength in being vulnerable. There's strength in being able to love after you've been hurt, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So she's just like, you have to detach from being personally, you know, attacked or feeling personally identified or relating to what everyone else is doing because at the end of the day everyone's on their own journey yeah, nothing mm-hmm. is and you know you. and nothing is about you mm-hmm. so through like accountability detachment and then the illusion of time time is an illusion we're all here going through things at different times having different experiences essentially overall it's really the same journey <laughs> you know what i'm saying we just might have a, a little bit you know twists and turns in our story but being comfortable and going through all of that, people think that, um, you, there was something you said that made me think of like the seasons of things because you may want everything to happen like right then and there, but you you do have to accept it like, okay, I'm in a season mm-hmm. of solitude. Mm-hmm. It's not even, it wouldn't even be healthy for me to exchange with other people in this season. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of led me into even being here today. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, I've, <clears throat> I'm gonna be vulnerable with y'all, just a, just a little bit. <laughs> but like growing up, I never felt like I belonged in anything. So I put like when I turned 18, I put myself in therapy, like doing all this um, stuff to kind of identify. It feels crazy even like voicing it, but doing all this stuff to just identify like who is Tasia without being affected and without having like the weight and anger of everybody else like placed on them. Um, and then like with my parents, I didn't have a relationship. So it was like a lot of stuff that I was like, who, like, who am I? What am I doing here? You know? (laughs) And then, so just going through that and having to be by myself for a long time. And now finally 
now that I am emerging into the world and just being like accepted, like in all facets is like, I'm so happy I did yes. that work. Like I'm so yes. happy I spent all that time by myself yes. figuring it out. Yes. But I just think like finding what works for you and going back to what did bring you happiness as a kid. And like you said, comparing things like, where am I? Where do I want to be? How am I going to bridge the gap? I think all of that is just so essential. And Mm -hmm. if I can, you know, jump into the conversation, (laughs) that's why I like to highlight, you know, um, the score of health, which was the start of my journey, because I had Mm -hmm. to look at what made me happy on a physical on a physical plane, the emotional, mental, and spiritual, you know. So in order to reach that, you know, that happiness, you have to have self-awareness of how things are, you know, impacting your life, your everyday life, your your feelings, <clears throat> how you feel with someone versus how you feel without them, how you feel when you're eating this, you know, when you're not eating mm-hmm. this. So it's just, like you said, accountability. And I also wanted to add self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And those yes. are, you know, some of the things that are helping me. Because I'm not going to say I'm at my that that you know end all be all but i know that i'm on my way there because mm-hmm. i became aware and because i became accountable of what i exposed myself to and what mm-hmm. i let inside of me you mm-hmm. know so yeah, yeah. Yes. i want to offer something a book pleasure activism by adrian marie brown Write it down. Some, yes, <laughs> in the street in the group yes. chat because my phone's on yeah phone. i need pleasure activism i think that you know Adrian, you said? Adrian Marie Brown. Somebody send that to me. And then the other book that I want to share with you is The Body is Not an Apology mm. by Sonia Renee Taylor. And can you also tell us that book, um, the what's, what was it, The Whole Lesbian? The Whole Lesbian Sex Book? The Whole Lesbian Sex Book. Can you note that also? Felice Newman. Okay. Yeah. So I share these books with you because I know that sometimes, you know, when you talk about things and you're like, "Ooh, I'm still feeling that out for myself, it doesn't feel real. And sometimes you need to sit with information um, mm-hmm. to understand, like, what that means for you, you know. And so, you know, I, and, and that's how I came into awareness, too. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's easy for me to say that, you um, self-care and awareness and accountability and all of these things that that is a part of my pleasure practice because you know what it frees me up to feel joy in my body Mm -hmm. it frees my mind up to think about things that like put me in alignment with my highest light you know and so yes that is joy filled that is pleasurable you know getting in the bath is pleasurable you know riding and feeling the sun on my skin is pleasurable you know like there there are things that I surrender to and that we all surrender to, we're like, ooh, that feels good. I mean, the weather is changing, you know, it's feeling good outside. That's pleasure. Yeah. And I think there, you know, pleasure has been something that we see and it's almost like you shouldn't have that because bad girls don't have, bad, bad girls have pleasure. Like, you know, good girls don't do pleasure. Good girls do modesty. Mm-hmm. Good girls do legs closed, you know, yes. <laughs> you know, legs closed, knees closed, feet on the floor, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just think that, wow, like how can we free ourselves up in ways that feel safe for us and ways that feel boundaried and paced for us? You know, you're not going to be where someone else is. We all talked about how our lives are all so different. We're on this journey somewhere together. We're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got through a lot to get here. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, bitch, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, we doing it. A lot to get here. We went through a lot to get here, literally, and then we go through a lot to make it here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every Monday, you know yeah. what I mean. So yeah, that's that's what's up. Should we do another? I was so, just, well, get I was head. Ask, do you, Can you explain what you do for your coaching? Yeah. Like how do you like mm-hmm. what do you coach people on? Yeah. So most of the time, people are like, I need coaching around standing in my power, time management. You know how to navigate conflict. Okay. Um, you know, I am, you know, now a co-director of my organization. It's a national organization that focuses on these issues where I might get death threats. How do you handle that? You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I, I support people with a range of things. And the way that I do that is the first question that I ask folks is I'm like, you know, what element in nature is attached to your trauma? And then I just build out. Ooh, the conversations from there. Wait. Huh? Can I, we answer I that? I think mine would have to be fire. Fire. Wait, mine is fire. just dark. Like just being in the dark. Shadow? Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, I don't lose words often, but. <laughs> what element of nature connects to my trauma? It's connected to your trauma. It's like connected when to you my see trauma? that element, do you see your trauma? Do you see your frustration in it? What is what is that element for you? I don't know. Maybe like coldness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just. Why am I always crying on air? Oh, <laughs> I think coldness. Yeah. I hate the cold. Yeah. And I just associate the cold with just so much, like, mm-hmm. just lack of yeah. affection yeah. and so much <laughs> stuff. Oh, girl, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm just, I could literally, yeah. this is me, sit tight. <laughs> but yeah, I think mm-hmm. coldness. And when I hear you say coldness, I think about the Sister Soldier book, The Coldest Winter Ever. Mm. And I would need the new one that just yeah. came out. I need to read part two. But yeah, yeah, I probably read that book. Um. Literature was an escape for me. Mm-hmm. I lived vicariously through the the ratchet and clatchet characters yeah. in books. Yeah. And not all. I, I mean, I read, like, the the Letters to My Sister book, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And, like, just those types of um, stories and all the Eric Jerome Dickies and just mm-hmm. all the Triple Crown Productions. Like, all the books. Mm-hmm. Urban books, especially as a child. But I lived through them. And I lived through those experiences and a lot of them fed mm-hmm. into my belief mm-hmm. that this um, life of freedom that other people had, whether they were criminals or druggies or whatever they, whatever society named them, um, whatever, um, it fed into my fear that this is mm-hmm. oh, this is what I thought it was like being outside, and this is exactly what it's like, and that's why I'm staying my butt in the mm-hmm. in school. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just blocking off so much but yeah like mm-hmm. just how mm-hmm. things definitely your internalization of your childhood definitely mm-hmm. carries into and then it manifests into things when you get older mm-hmm. like Ooh, for never, sure mm-hmm. absolutely um but yeah coldness would be mm-hmm. it for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. yeah yeah so from there what's yours yeah, yeah. oh i said fire too but fire. that's just because it was the first thing that came to my mind and I try not to like ever second guess that. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. listen to my intuition. Mm-hmm. But like now I'm trying to think about why. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think it's because a lot of my trauma was, like, um, with intimate relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, associate that with, like, passion and fire. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So it's something to think about because it's, like, how can you be in relationship with that element? You know? I can't. I can't stand a stiff, cold mother sucker. I'm like, get away from me. Complete darkness now. Yeah. Like, yeah, like leave my electronics in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hers. Someone was just Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. And so I take him, we go on a, a We just got coached, journey. y'all. <laughs> we got, not yet. We just got the, we got like the little taste of it. Yeah, the first she question. coaching. Alicia said hers is water. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Awesome. Water is can create and destroy. So, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah for so, sure. shall we have a another we'll another question. question? Question, question. Is this the? Is yeah, this, this the closing? No. Uh-huh. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> probably should be soon. Yeah. yeah. What would you try if you had no fear? <laughs> I mean. I don't know that this is appropriate for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Right. Right. She is a mystery. She's so, she's so brave. Mm, no. She said no. Oh. What would I try if I had no fear? Yeah. What would I try if I had no fear? Ooh. You know, I don't. Here's the thing. Like, I am having a challenge right now just looking fear in the eyes <laughs> you know there's a lot that I'm you know fearful of and you know and but the things that I'm afraid of I think you know just confrontation confronting fear mm-hmm. <laughs> you know as it comes up because there's a lot of things that I see in the world I'm like damn I'm afraid of that you know what is that going to mean mm-hmm. you know um, so I think that being in a confrontational stance with fear is what builds your muscle around being brave. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're like, you know what? You're not going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. We about to be here. What we about to do, (laughs) you know? And so I think that there's a way that you can get with fear um, and that it can be supportive to you. But I don't know if there's any one thing that I would do outside of confronting it. That's a good answer. Alicia says she sent the question. So you would confront it. Yeah. You'd confront fear if you had no fear. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yes, I would confront fear. What did she say? There's a question. Yeah, she texted me and said, there's a question in the chat. Was it from her? I think so. She said she sent one. Oh. She said family would put you in a box. Their optimism will harm the way you identify. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. She said, um, would their, so would your family's optimism harm the way that you identify? Is that? What? I don't think. I don't have it. Hmm. I can't see it. Maybe I'm wording it wrong. My apologies. No, I no, just, you're reading the right thing, but I don't know. Oh, wait, she wants opinions on it. Oh, okay, right. so her statement down. is family will put you in a box. Their optimism will harm the way you identify. And she opened it up for opinions. You know. Yeah, yeah that was if, confusing. I think if people tell you who you are, you don't, ne- you don't oh. ever really get to figure out who you are. 
No. Yeah. Oh, so, it's another uh, yeah, one. There's an actual question that she did submit. Does your energy and does your energy in match your energy out? How do you identify that? Yeah, it has to. But in and out of what? So th- does your energy on the inside match your energy on oh, the outside? Okay. Yeah, I'm super vulnerable. I cry a lot. I have therapy once a week. It's it's lit and dope. <laughs> um, you know, um, and I just I just try. You know, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. You know, I'm coming here from a space of like deep vulnerability and just sharing with y'all and just meeting y'all. So, you know, um, but I think that we're so possible in everything that we do and everything that we do and everything that we, that feeds us and that we feed that I'm like, yeah, I want to be inside of this cipher. I want to see what goes on here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it doesn't matter really what age you are, you know, What's fascinating for me right now is that I am 42 and I remember being 24. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, uh, that's something. <laughs> but I don't even know what happened because I don't, I still feel 24. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just am feeling like, you know, I don't believe that age is linear. I don't believe that wisdom is connected to age. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that, you know, we just have so much to learn from each other. And, um, yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know. How are y'all feeling? Um, I definitely feel that your energy and, you know, it's the reflection of each other. It's a mm-hmm. reflection of, you know, what you want and what you're willing to put in to get to what you want. Like, that's why I feel like I get up and come, you know, to meet with you guys every <laughs> week when we record because of that exchange I want to learn I want to I see everything you know excuse me everybody that's here I see something in you that I want to be you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying so I definitely feel like it's in a mirror image Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we actually all didn't really know each other before we started this so it was like very vulnerable yeah so I knew um Nova that was it but we weren't like close I just we just worked we we had worked together but everyone else like (laughs) (laughs) yeah there was we all just like kind of came in and just are slowly like opening up with our vulnerability and Mm. sharing but like we all have this like common bond and like common thing that we're trying to do so Mm. it was like I don't know it was just all meant to be and like Mm -hmm. meshed together it's kind so of like when they're nice. making us. I think we're all in different places, but we're like, like all on the journey of yeah, like self awareness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's so funny because like we're literally like all on these really transformative roads. Yeah, and we all ended up with one foot on this track, mm-hmm. and it just like and we, we can, and, and, and we very got our foot. It's like different, but it's like the same. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We kept our foot on the track. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we we had some different. We had we've had different classmates. No, no, no. I'm just saying as a a journey, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I just take it to be like, like, like divine. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean. To just have people Mm -hmm. who that stay the course and just you know like and and are willing to keep opening up and growing and flourishing. Mm -hmm. So I just think that that's like so cool. It's Mm -hmm. like so random Mm -hmm. and like so cool. But even hearing you say that, that is like. Almost, I wouldn't say a rarity, but you don't, maybe you don't see it all the time. Because even with me, like, now that I'm thinking about myself, like, 
I'm very quick to be like, nah, I'm not sticking around for that. Like, <laughs> like no, it's not. As soon as I see a little bit of, um, sorry, you know, I'm about to put me through nothing. I'm about to, no. They're like that. That guard goes up. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said last episode, you know, it's safe door. Deal with, with you know, you don't want to put other people through that. So yeah, yeah. So I be like, like the I safe gotta room goes yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. like, I ain't about to let you in here on my little island. You about to. Like, it looked nice, but. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have two more books. Two more books that I actually have work in. Oh, awesome. So this one. It's so pretty. Is Sweeter Voices Still. It's an LGBTQ anthology from Middle America. It's published by a local publisher called Belt Press. And, um, yeah, it has stories of LGBTQ Midwesterners who are, you know, Muslim, Amish, and writing anonymously because they're afraid of their retribution from their community. So, you know, there's a story of my Aunt Betty in here. You know, there's Mm. stories of so many folks. Mm. Um, that I think would be really profound. And they're from our region, you know? Yeah. Um, and this is another book that I'm in. It's um, the Echoing Ida Collection. And I was in um, a writing collective called Echoing Ida, named after Ida B. Wells. And so it was just about 25 writers. We got together and like within our first year, we wrote like over a hundred articles <laughs> because we were just like, we are so tired of people not saying the truth, you know, about our experience and just talking at us and about us, but not with us, you know? Yeah. And so um, this anthology is a collection of our writing. And yeah, so I'm really, it's like, you know, 2020, right? is hard, but it's so amazing to have like something that is a product of so much you know that you care about yeah you know and so um i just brought these to share with you um because i'm really happy about them (laughs) (laughs) and then i know you said writer Mm -hmm. so do you have i know you have things published in here Mm -hmm. do you have other things do you where can we where where can can they they find find you you? besides (laughs) going to the link because we know y'all lazy y'all don't click we know (laughs) that the link click the link in the bio There yeah. for a <laughs> so if you just go to my website, blackfeminist.com, B-L-K-F-E-M-I-N-S-T.com, you will see like highlights of everything that I do. So then you'll be able to go to my writing and see all the things and the herbalism and the coaching and all that stuff. So yeah. She has do a you link allow tree. people to connect you connect with you on Instagram? Yeah, which, and, which is black feminist on okay. Instagram. Are so. you on Pretty consistent here. <laughs> I am, but I have no idea what I'm doing on You can find some, I've been in some really, really like love and light kind of places, high energy, high vibrations, and I've also stepped into some rooms. I'm like, oh, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get out of here. <laughs> you, yeah, like, let me go get the I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see, I don't know what I'm doing. Alicia so. and I were in a couple of interesting rooms. I feel like it's times. very, yeah, for, at first it was kind of overwhelming for me just because it's like you're welcoming. So it's just a different way of bringing energy in. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. when I wake up, I see, I be seeing y'all names on, on the notifications. I'll be like, what are they listening to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I give everyone a chance. Y'all know me, my bleeding heart. I'll be like, let me, what a, it's say, but it's also say. And they get me. <laughs> I click for like 40 seconds. That 40 seconds better be good or I'm yeah. leaving <laughs> quietly. Yeah. But um, I think the clubhouse would be a good place for you. Yeah. Um, just um, the thing about clubhouse. <clears throat> let's just crack it on up and to end the show. But... 
the thing about Clubhouse is there are a lot of authentic beings on there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a For lot of sure. representatives. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, masks on there. And there's a lot of um, people who have no other validation or accreditation mm-hmm. in life other than to hop in a room and, you know, speaking opinions. And I say opinions because I think opinions are different than truths. Mm-hmm. I can tell you my truth. It may not be your truth. You may not agree with it, but it's my truth. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's different, I think, to tell something from a standpoint of I've lived this. This is what I know. This is all I'm saying is that this is what I know because I did it or I've been through it. And then there are people who collect things that they've heard and maybe things that they've seen and maybe things from movies and maybe things from comic books. And then they get in there and then they present it. Um, with the with the posture that they know what they're talking about, and for people who come in looking, mm. you know, it's just kind of, mm. and that's why I haven't been on there in like two months. I, I I'll look and see what's going on, and if somebody's hosting a room, I try to go in and support and just listen and add if I if I, if I have anything to add. But I really had to step away from it mm. because I got some real some real vibes from a couple of you know just like different energies and it was like what is it about this experience and it was like for me it was that interest it was that curiosity and then but I was constantly being shown that it wasn't authentic and I was like why do you keep going back if you know that what you know if you if you know what you know Mm -hmm. and so for me I was going under the premise of these are people who know more than me Mm. These are people who are more experienced than me. These are Ricky Masters. And, you know, and I'm listening. And I'm like, man, you juvenile. Like, I feel like I've evolved out of this. Like, you know, I'm looking. I was going there for something with the empty cup. And it wasn't being filled. And it was constantly making me question, like, are you who you say you are? Do you know what you say you know? And it was like the answer kept coming back as no. So it was like, dummy, why do you keep going? I think, and that's why I had to step away. I think that plays into just two things. Because I don't want to give Clubhouse a bad reputation for people who may be watching. And are like, oh, what's Clubhouse? But um, I have made a lot of good connections on Clubhouse. But I feel like it's just using discernment. And then even when you are in those spaces and someone doesn't know as much. Leave. No, not even. Not, not If it's a negative, ex, you know, exchange. Yeah. But. Take up that space and be like, you know, hey, I heard you say this. I'm going to add on to this with it. Um, But I definitely think you should use Clubhouse with discernment. I made really good connections on there. Like uh, the person, the male model who was just in my music video, never met him in life. Met him on Clubhouse, followed him on Instagram. Boom, he's in my video. Or like this guy keeping contact. Shout out to Action. Uh, This guy keeping contact with that lives down in Houston. Never met him a day in my life. Only ever seen his Instagram and his profile picture on Clubhouse. But we can get on the phone and talk. We don't do it all the time. Maybe once every couple weeks. But we can get on the phone and talk for one, two, three hours about real life shit. Yeah, I met some good people on yes. there, but I had to quit going. That's why I say I still go into Just some filter rooms, through but it. But yeah, and it was, like, and you know, that was what it was. It was like, I be having this much time. I ain't got time to be sifting through stuff, especially when, you know, discernment keep coming to me and ancestors keep telling me, girl, get But I, I do like Clubhouse. I do like it. And um, it's some really good groups in there, especially good herbal Group. And that's I'm thinking of all the herbalists that I've met in there. And do you know who Dr. Lakeisha is? Nope. What? No. We gonna talk after the show. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm plugging with some people because they they know their stuff. 
Amazing. Really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask a question before we go because I keep on looking at your sternum piece. Oh, and... it's a full chest piece. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Does it mean anything? Oh, yeah. It's like, I feel like it is my, like, goddess tattoo. Ooh. It is like my, it, I have um, phoenix wings here. I have a sun here. Mm-hmm. I have a womb here. This is a labrys which is the weapon of the Queen of Amazons. It's a double-sided axe, so it has a lot of, you know, powerful goddess meaning. And so, yeah. I love it. It's a whole thing. I'm so intrigued. Yeah. I couldn't keep my eyes off him. If you're looking down her shirt, don't. It was six hours I sat for it straight. Wow. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Is that the only tattoo you have? No, just, yeah, all of oh, them. That one, wow. Mm-hmm. Six hours. That's, That's meaningful, hours though. Yes. Yes. That's very powerful. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh. I had a couple shots. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we enjoyed you. Yes, thank, thank you, you definitely. so much. Definitely opened my mind. So many takeaways. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good. For yeah. sure. I'm glad. Um, it was amazing having you here. Um, thank everyone for joining in. Yes. This one was a long one, but I feel like we got really in depth with some really meaningful yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So that was yes. like powerful. Mm-hmm. And again, we extend our gratitude. So shout yes. out to Jasmine. <laughs> yes. Follow her at Black Feminist Spelt like we said on our page. <laughs> we will tag her. We will tag her. She's tagged, but. Have a great night, everyone. See you guys until next week. Until again.